Oh, hey there. Didn't see you come in. Minus three is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for the NBA, NHL, college basketball, and oh, so much more. Awesome new and existing user promos. It's America's number one sports book for a reason. For many reasons, in fact. Easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. It's fun to combine multiple bets from my beloved same game parlay. Use the same game parlay. You just choose three legs from the same game, and there you have it. Voila. The same game parlay, and you can discover the most popular ones each day right when you log into FanDuel. So if you're a new uh, customer, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started. ASA and P. Sign up with the promo code minus three, the word minus the number three, so that they know your pals here at minus three sent you along. And with that, let's get it going. Trubisky in the shotgun with five seconds. He's going to throw it. Howard leaps. He has it. Touchdown, Carolina. Back from the dead to tie the game with two seconds to go. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Oh, boy. Many Steelers fans throwing a flag at Pitt's older brothers in the Steelers building, unhappy with Mitchell Trubisky and his signing to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's get into that. Let's get into all of it. Welcome to Minus 3. During one of the best weeks on the sports calendar, free agency and pigskin March Madness is about to tip off. Puck pro basketball and beyond but it's the qb league so eddie spaghetti i think we should jump in there and by the way we'll hear from spaghetti and his pal mikey meatballs in just a few minutes here with a new episode of spaghetti and meatballs at the back end where they talk all things puck as we come ever closer to the end of the nhl regular season and the drop of the puck in what is sure to be a gangbusters postseason in hockey but like i say eddie spaghetti let's talk about free agency and of course you don't need my permission at this time of the year to just interrupt me with any breaking news um any big name signing or otherwise what's the poop spaghetti how are you i am i'm shocked you wake up like you said there's constant news flowing in and the first thing i saw everyone was like oh yeah uh deshaun watson saints maybe panthers just somewhere in the nfc south and then they add in the falcons a surprise team but also the cleveland browns who have Baker Mayfield on like, I guess the, the, the season before they have to actually pay him. So now we're in this waiting game. I guess he's like the next domino to fall because I would assume guys like Jimmy G or whoever else, uh, Matt Ryan, obviously if he heads to Atlanta will be moved next. The Colts are a team, a win now team in the playoff hunt that need a quarterback. So uh, it's, we're, we're waiting to see what happens there, but you know what? If Deshaun Watson goes to the NFC South, uh, they're still not going to beat the Bucks because the Bucks going to add pieces today. Brady is back, so uh, I'm not sure if he's going to make that much of a difference. But like, it's it's still crazy how much stuff is going on right now in the NFL. Well, we don't know what the Falcons exactly what their game is here, but we can do the math. It's pretty simple connecting a dots. The Buccaneers, it's come out. Bruce Arians and Jason Light knew Brady was coming back. It sounds like at least a week ago. So why then would their name be floated as a potential suitor for Deshaun Watson? The answer, I assume, is because they wanted to jack up the price of the guy and because it sounds like the Saints are definitely in on him and so are the Carolina Panthers. I still say it's going to be the Panthers. By the time you're listening, I may be proven wrong or maybe – 
he'll be on his way to the AFC North. It's very hard to divine who knows actually what they're talking about or who's just throwing crap against the wall. It's funny. I feel like sports punditry has now become a more and more a predictive game and everybody wants to be right. So they just float a bunch of nonsense out. And if they're right, they can go back afterwards to social media or wherever else and say, see, I told you that was going to happen. But for what it's worth, the latest rumors are that Watson, that the Browns were interested in Watson, but Watson turned them down because he doesn't want to go play up north. A real slap in the face to Cleveland. If that's true, or for whatever reason, if Watson doesn't wind up with the Browns, all of a sudden they've really exposed themselves where Baker Mayfield's concerned. I know that Mayfield already knew that he was in some jeopardy moving forward with Cleveland, unless he has a gangbusters 2022. But this really... The, the the dabbling, uh, so long as it's proven that there actually were meetings and the Browns brass was chasing the guy, where does that leave Baker Mayfield? Uh, you know, sort of um, emotionally and otherwise. He's gotten beaten up pretty good the last couple of years, or at least, I guess last this past year with all the hopes and expectations of the Brownies fans out there. I don't know what you're supposed to do if you're Bake. I guess you don't have any leverage. You have to go out and have a great season. But they're also stories out there from credible sources saying that the Browns obviously by meeting with Watson this is this is proven true but even if they don't move Bake as a part of a Deshaun Watson trade are willing to move Bake somewhere else I I mean I think the writing's all over the wall you don't just lay it out there like this clear I, I mean I think it's a pretty good bet right now I wish we could do it on FanDuel I think it's a pretty good bet uh, that that Bake is in some real jeopardy of not being the the opening day starter for the Browns. You agree, or is that too severe? I no, I do agree with you, and I think if if they don't land him, it's going to be even stranger for like him. Like, oh, hey, baby, right. like come back in here. But like, I mean, Fanduel right now, I think they were at what plus uh, plus three fifty. They were third right now when the AFC North. And I know everyone's been saying the whole offseason has been like the AFC is just too ridiculous. The whole AFC West could be in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, you have the Bills. Obviously, you have the um, the Bengals and, and the Ravens are somehow still the favorite in the AFC North there. Uh, I still think though, for Watson, if you're him and you're going to dictate your future, that's the better division to go to because, you know, right now the Steelers are going to try out either Trubisky or, or Mason Rudolph or, you know, Dwayne Hassan's probably not. And then you have Ravens who have to probably pay Lamar Jackson. He wasn't MVP. I'm still higher Lamar than I think you are. They're going to still be a good team. Their organization is just too good. They always find guys in the draft. They always make the proper free agent signings. I still think they're a solid team. Super Bowl contender, maybe not, but they're still a good team. The Browns, I mean. Oh, I think they are, by the way. And I think Marcus Williams is a great get from NOLA. Um, but yeah, then how much, how many pieces, by the way, where the saints are concerned. So they're in on Deshaun Watson by all accounts, but, um, Taron Armstead, can they still afford to keep him the left tackle? They, they, Marcus Williams is now gone. So exactly. That's my thing is just like, if you're looking at the rosters and if you're, if you're Deshaun Watson, you go to the NFC South, like, look, he was in the Texans back when they had Watt in his heyday and they had, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and he's one and two in the playoffs, I think, and had, you know, two losing seasons with them. I don't think if he you plug him on the Panthers, you plug him on the Saints, they're like, oh yeah, they're a twelve win team. Like I don't think that's going to happen, especially in the division with Brady. And say they go and get Shaq Mason from the Patriots, they bring in Russell Gates, taking a piece away from the Falcons, an in division rival, which is a great move. Uh, so I, like I think even though yeah, the Bengals who just made the Super Bowl in that division, the Steelers will still be solid no matter who's a quarterback. And I just said the Ravens are going to be a playoff team. 
I still think that's your best bet because of the piece you have around. You have the run game. You have a, an okay O-line. Uh, you have a, co- a coach everyone likes in Kevin Savansky, and they just pulled in Amari Cooper. You have some really good defensive pieces, obviously, a guy that could win, you know, defensive player of the year and, and uh, Miles Garrett. That's probably your best move. Like, yeah, it's Cleveland. It's cold. It's, you know, everyone makes fun of that, that the Browns. But I think for him, like, if you want to win games, you want to be a 10-11 win team, you know, get in the playoffs, I think that's your move. We don't have to get into all the ugliness. Everybody's aware that there is vast amounts sure. of uh, of ugliness where Deshaun Watson's concerned. Um, I think that, you know, teams that want to win and, you know, bottom line industry and all that kind of jazz that people talk about. But I, I really think wherever he lands, there's going to be a fair amount of fan level pushback on it. So I think that's one thing that teams have to account for with him. But you mentioned Shaq Mason, and it it makes me think that is the big story even here in free agency and March Madness and everything else is Tom Brady took like about a fortnight to realize I don't want to be at home with the old lady and the kids. And we'll hear from Hench about that. Oh, by the way, programming note um, regarding March Madness, Kevin Hench is jumping in early this week. Me, Spaghetti and Hench are going to give you our picks for uh, for um, for the tournament as quickly as we can, but we're going to do it late. You know, Hench and I both liked to both liked doing our homework at the last possible minute when we were in school. We're going to do our brackets in the same way. Um, in the meantime, if you need some uh, some info on it, go listen to our pal Tate Frazier on Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. They chop it up and give you some tips on how to play it. You do want that information, ASAMP, because ExtraPoints.com is where you find the March Madness tourney challenge i did put in just in case i fall asleep and all of a sudden the the tournament tips off i've slotted in some picks there i went pretty chalk there except for picking kentucky i'm riding with coach calipari and company but one way or the other join me and the rest of the extra points gang if you beat me and everyone else you can win one thousand dollars so like i say extrapoints.com look for the um tourney challenge tab get your picks in there asap and where march madness is concerned i'm required to give my annual shout out to old mo damashek who many many moons ago on the first day of march madness when i was in i think middle school she came or maybe it was elementary school either way she came middle of the school day she didn't care there were more important things to do. Namely, she came, called me out of school like uh, like Ferris Bueller picking up his girlfriend. Is that what happened? No, they picked up Cameron, right? The girlfriend and Marth Matthew brought and Ferris Bueller picked up Cameron. Either I don't remember what happened. That's a reference Eddie Spaghetti probably doesn't even get. Do you get that? Well, you get Ferris Bueller. You Ferris Bueller day off, yeah. Well, I would think after I named the guy, I would hope you get the, get the movie on that one. Maybe we can talk Batman too. I went to see that uh, with Jean Claude Van Damashek for his birthday a couple of days ago. But um, either way, she came. Mo Damashek did and boosted me from school. And uh, and took me home so I could watch the Pitt Panthers plays Louisiana Tech. Carl Malone, the mailman, a rising star in the college ranks at the time. They beat the Panthers, but that doesn't obscure the fact that Mo Damashek was the big winner that day in my book for all of time. What kind of mother comes and takes her kid out of school so they can watch the basketball tournament? The answer, a good mother. That's who. Anyway, so get in on that. And uh, like I say, Cousin Sal has a real good conversation with Tate Frazier. To help get you ready, me, Hench, and Spaghetti will uh, we'll add to that as we uh, as we get closer to the tip-off and Thursday, one of the great sports days on the calendar, of course, like we say. So, where these QBs are concerned, Eddie Spaghetti, Shaq Mason, now the latest 
to be attracted to the ma- to the magnet that is Tom Brady. I'm pretty cynical, and it's not just me um, just saying stuff to to you know to stand out or whatever. I don't think pro football players generally care that much about winning. It's pretty clear. Like once they get through that first contract into the second one, they start talking. You hear a lot of that talk about like you figure out it's a business and loyalty isn't a big thing. But clearly where Tom when Tom Brady's involved, players are willing to to move heaven and earth to continue to play with him. I mean, it's it, it, it's quite a thing. Carlton Davis now signs. It's I, You always hear fans wishing for hometown discounts. You almost never see them in pro football or really in any other big league. But Shaq Mason now shipped from for a fifth-round pick. Shaq Mason to go down to Tampa Bay. This is weird how much people are desperate to play with Tom Brady, right? And he's 45 still, and he didn't win the Super Bowl last year. Are you going to say what you said, what, six months ago, Eddie Spaghetti, that Tom Brady is the is your best bet to get to the Super Bowl out of the NFC? I mean, yeah, individual, I mean, I don't – well, it's it going to be interesting how the draft plays out and see where Deshaun Watson ends up because I think if Deshaun Watson does end up on a team in the NFC South, it may be a tougher division to win games than the NFC East and the NFC North. I still think the NFC North, I would not be shocked if Kirk Cousins stole a game from the Packers. Also, the Packers may still lose Devontae Adams. They lose. They just released Zaria Smith. Like, they could have a tough That's time. That's a big one. Well, I want yeah. to get the Aaron Rodgers, and I know he got $150 million over three years three year, and, yeah. and, and front-loaded or otherwise. It's going to be really hard for them to keep Devontae Adams. But, okay, talk yeah. uh, talk so, Brady here now. Exactly. And then and then you look at the NFC East with, you know, the, the Cowboys just lost Randy Gregory to the, the Broncos and obviously they shipped out uh Mari Cooper lost a couple other pieces too so I, I could still see them having a good and easy time in the NFC East so you look at the South I mean in terms of the path to get to the playoffs and and to potentially be the highest seed to make the Super Bowl like I think that's why these players are like okay well we could play with Tom Brady we're going to make the playoffs we're going to be in sunny Florida great weather you know eight home games a year going to feel really warm or nine whatever it is now with the schedule uh the, the taxes like it just makes a lot of sense for players want to go there and we've talked about it before it seems like Brady just liked by players. Uh, they like working with him. Like, yeah, he's tough on your locker room, but everyone seems to like when they're done playing with him, like, oh yeah, he was a great guy, really good teammate. So I don't, there's not a bad word said about Brady as a football player, obviously, and as a teammate. So I think that's the reason why for these players, looking at like these, these teams, like the saints, basically quarterback list, like the Falcons are going to have to move on with Matt Ryan. Like right now the Panthers are, they're trying to chip away their best player and Chris McCaffrey. If they don't land Deshaun Watson, like they're going to be in trouble. So it's like, it, it might be a cakewalk if you join the the, the, the Saints. The Saints would be legit um, as a as competition in that division if he if he winds up in New Orleans to Sean Watson. But I do think it would be a major step forward, obviously, and be a job saving move for Matt Rule if Watson landed in Charlotte with the Panthers. But as it stands now, like I I say this all the time, but part of Brady's genius is taking a lay of the land and feeling like, oh, the path is kind of clear here. If he looks at the NFC South and the NFC in general, he has to feel pretty good about his chances. You know, as long as he plays at the level he played at last year, the the path should be a little bit clearer for him than it was last year. As it is, they stand at uh, plus 400 to get through the NFC um, right alongside the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, the defending champion Rams at plus 450. And there are the Cowboys back at plus 750. And the Niners are in the mix, but, you know, they're in a, in a as there are legit QB saturation 
Israel is one thing that is uh, is worth repeating here. Jimmy G is still waiting for a gig. Jameis Winston is, Marcus Mariota is, and I think Derek Carr is in play for a couple of spots if he's not the Raiders quarterback, which I could see them potentially moving on. If they can't get Devontae Adams, I bet you right now, Derek Carr is pushing real hard for Mark Davis to pull the trigger on offering whatever it takes to get Devontae Adams. If he they, Those two, two Fresno State guys who've long been pally, who've always wanted to play together, and I'm, I bet you on some level, Devontae Adams, that, is not, uh, that would not be the end of the world. I, we talk about the desire to win and everything else and his, uh, uh, his football affinity for, uh, for Aaron Rodgers, but I also think that there's something to uh, Devontae Adams and, and whether or not he's willing. He's already announced, and people support him who know him, saying there's no way he's going to play on the tag, and he wants – a, a serious amount of bank. He doesn't. Uh, Twenty three million is not enough for him. He's looking for a huge annual um, payday. And I would not be surprised if. I mean, it would it would really ruin things for Aaron Rodgers after all this. And I'm not sure exactly where the Packers go. I guess they would have to draft somebody to begin with in the first round. But either way, I don't think it's an impossibility. Watch Derek Carr trying to lure his old pal Devonte Adams to the Raiders. And if that doesn't happen, also be on the lookout for Derek Carr being in play to leave the Raiders because it would kind of be beneficial to both sides at that point. The Raiders aren't really going to be contenders if they don't do something to add. Everybody else in the division is loading up. I believe in Derek Carr and I believe in the, the notion that a team who no one's talking about can still pull things off. You saw the Bengals do it last year in the AFC North. But I wouldn't be surprised if... Frank Reich and Chris Ballard and Jim Ursay really would like to get Derek Carr. Um, they like a certain kind of a guy. Their faith is very important to them. It is not. It, it is not um, a a minor. Uh, does not play a minor role in any of their lives. They like. There's a reason why Carson Wentz was a good fit for them. Phil Rivers and I think Derek Carr also fits that description. And I'm not just uh, shooting my mouth off, and I'm certainly not judging that approach um you know uh, but i've talked to people who would know a- about these things and it does make sense from the colt side of things to chase somebody who would be a fit on that level as well and and, and a comfort level there so watch that i legitimately think that that could happen um but i think w- w- with watson i think he makes the saints a reasonable playoff contender i you know i, I i'm with you i think the bucks remain the best bet in the NFC to at least win their division. But here's something interesting too. The, because the, the conventional wisdom with being a uh, contender has always been, you got to get them through the draft and you got to get them in high first. Obviously Tom Brady drafted in the sixth round, Russell Wilson drafted in the third round. There, there are exceptions to the rule, but generally speaking, if you're going to be a player in the postseason, then The draft is the way to do it. But dig this, Spaghetti, and everyone else within the sound of my voice. Here in the QB League, Baker Mayfield, everybody knows, first overall pick in 2018 in in one of the all-time loaded drafts that had Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. The first two of the first three picks in 2018, Baker Mayfield won. The third overall pick is Sam Darnold in between 
uh, your Giants take Saquon, of course. So those are two empirically bad choices with Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson on the board. In 17, the aforementioned Mitchell Trubisky goes second. That's ahead of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. In 2016, dig this. Now we're into the sweet spot here. Trubisky was out on the market until free agency or until legal tampering began. He's the second overall pick. In 2016, the first two picks, Jared Goff is trade bait for the for the Lions to make good on the Matt Stafford deal. That's all he is, and he's a placeholder there in Detroit. Um, the second pick, Carson Wentz. He has been a nightmare for the most part for whoever signs him, and I'm not sure that Washington intends to hold on to him any uh, any further beyond uh, 2022. 2015, Jameis and Marcus Mariota, one and two in that draft, are both out on the street at the time of this recording. That's that's really the craziest <laughs> indictment of draft analysts and, and GMs and everybody else, that all this research, all this analysis goes into this, and these are the guys who you could either have for some loose change or little more like the Pittsburgh Steelers just did with Mitch Trubisky, or there's still guys even out on the street in um, in some of these first overall picks. It's pretty crazy. I know the pro football moves fast in the 21st century, but man, that's crazy, isn't it? And then beyond that, you have, well, let me just say, in 2014, now the QB class wasn't considered to be super deep, but still, EJ Manuel goes 16th, Geno Smith goes 39th. Those are the first two quarterbacks drafted that year. I don't think uh, you, I don't think either one of them is going to the Hall of Fame. I don't know, maybe in a in a senior vote or something like that. And then in 2013, Blake Bortles goes three, Johnny Football goes 22nd. Those are the first two quarterbacks there. So the bottom line is, even the people who do this professionally really don't know what they're talking about. That's my that's my conclusion, Eddie Spaghetti. How say you? You're I mean, you're right. And I think people are just in love. The Rams, thankfully, kind of changed this idea that you need draft picks. You have to use all your draft picks, get draft picks, stockpile draft picks, use them up. Like people were applauding Belichick all those years like, oh, he got rid of his first round pick, but he got, you know, he has five picks between rounds three and six. And then, like, what are, what are, what Patriots players like? Belichick was notorious for missing on every single pick he had in later rounds. Uh, and and like I said, the Rams showed us that we don't need that. You could trade for players who you know produce in the here and now. This quarterback draft, people are saying it's not going to be good. But you know what? Every single year, there's always a guy that we don't really talk about that ends up being good. Is it going to be Matt Corral? Is it going to be Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis? You know, you can keep going down the list. Like, who knows? Like, personally, I think that. I, I like Kenny Pickett a lot, and I like Malik Willis a lot too. So I think I would not be shocked if they're both uh, above average starters in the league. But you know, back to Baker, and I, I he's going to get railroaded by a lot of people recently, especially with these Watson rumors. I I'm not entirely sure if his career is over. Like I I think I agree with the, you about him. I think he's definitely the, I, yes. Please go ahead, but I, I I just wish to say in advance of your remarks, I agree with him because I have a guess of where you're going here. He, he, I think him and the Browns need a divorce. I think that's clear. I think it's just ran its course there. I think it, the, all the commercials and all the weirdness with his uh, wife, or uh, I guess it's his wife, the social media stuff, which is never good. There's some locker room rumors we heard about uh, with teammates not really loving him. And I, I think that he just needs to move on from that that place, uh, stop with the whole off the field stuff. And like, look, his rookie year, and I think his 13 games started, he threw for like 3,700 yards and like 27 touchdowns. Like it's a phenomenal rookie year. Uh, not many players have had uh, a year better than that in their first season. 
if he, let's just say, for argument's sake, Watson ends up in Cleveland, he has to move on somewhere, and you have these win-now teams like the Colts, who have a very good O-line and have some uh, really good weapons, have a, a great run game, which is something he's been used to in Cleveland. You, you could put him there. Like I think your teams would be stupid to not w- want to go for him and go for uh, draft a rookie in this class they're unsure about or, or go take a – like why take a flyer on Marcus Mariota or Jameis Winston where you can go get a Baker Mayfield who's younger. Uh, I'm not His price will be down because of how he's played last year. Plus, he was injured. Like I, I don't know. I'm not saying it was all because of the injury, and I'm not saying that Baker's going to become like a Pro Bowl top-tier player. But, you know, 3,500 yards and 3,700 yards, 27 touchdowns in 13 games, not to shake, like nothing to shake a stick at. And you're going to need extra game for the teams this year. So, like, I would not be shocked if Baker and his career, whatever team he ends up on, eclipses 4,000 yards and 30 touchdown passes. Because if he's healthy, he's mobile. If you have a good old line and some good pieces around him, like, again, we have to move on from this, like, phase in football where you have to just find a Patrick Mahomes because you're not going to find a Patrick Mahomes every draft. And you're going to have to find guys who just get the job done with the pieces around them and they could bring a team to the playoffs. And if they get hot, they get hot. Like, that's just how it goes. Like, you have to stop looking for the generational talent at quarterback because that's not going to happen because they are generational talent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, first of all, I agree with you about Baker Mayfield. If this makes – he hasn't even moved yet, but if this makes him feel better in advance, assuming he is going to move to another football town at some point. And for Mitchell Trubisky, this is true. And for curmudgeonly Steelers fans – I'm. But by the way, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky – it has now sealed the Steelers uh, shot at uh, a Super Bowl run here in 2022. But I think he's fine. And I do believe in uh, that there are enough historical um, examples that show that every guy, even in the 21st century, doesn't hit the ground running. And that doesn't mean that they're busts forever. Alex Smith is a good one. Obviously, the biggest uh, in the first paragraph of his obituary is going to mention that he went first overall behind Aaron Rodgers, um, just like the names uh, of the guys who go who went in front of Tom Brady. Um, but, you know, Alex, Vinny Testaverde, real, I mean, it took him a long time before he was halfway decent. You know, you could make a case. Steve Young was good with the Buccaneers to get in the way back machine before he went to the USFL. It was a long time. He was a backup forever before he finally, everybody was high on him. Everybody knew the the talent was there. But it, again, the pedigree is what matters to me with Mitchell Trubisky specifically. I really like the way he can run around with the ball. We'll see what that means in Matt Canada's offense. But I don't think that this dooms the Steelers to last place like some people are saying because to your point people said uh, uh, they needed to go and get who were they supposed to get what 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 what, what is the fanciful jive that that you wish your favorite football team would have done deshaun watson that's going to be a mess it assumes that no other woman ever comes forward with anything bad to say about him you think the book is closed on that i don't buy that plus he's going to get suspended all that stuff it's a headache that clearly Kevin Colbert and company didn't want to mess with. And I'm glad for that. But by the way, also our, our fixation with, you know, it, it, the recency bias, you watch the Burrow v. Mahomes game and people say, oh, it's going to be a long time if you don't have one of those guys. Well, Matthew Stafford was a first round draft pick forever ago, but he was a trade. There are different ways to skin the cat in the 21st century. Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl in his first year after being traded. The year before that, Brady, who was a sixth round pick, notably, beat Patrick Mahomes. The year before that, Mahomes beat Jimmy G, 
who was a second round pick who almost was going to be the New England starter, but then he got shipped over to San Francisco and through fits and starts ends up getting that team to to the Super Bowl himself. Peyton Manning played in a couple of Super Bowls after he left Indy and went to Denver. Obviously, Nick Foles was a spare part by all accounts before he was able to to beat Tom Brady. So the point that there's only one way to do it, like you say, is is laughable. There are so many examples right in front of us and we've just laid them out for you. Um, I do think, though, that um, everything keeps changing, too. So I, I don't know. Are we supposed to? Is this the smart move, Eddie Spaghetti, to start making futures plays now about division champs and everything else when there's still so much up in the air? I, I feel like this is a good time to get in on some of these, at least. Like I say, I love that Bucks. I mean, well, nothing's going to happen to change that. I was already looking at them. I was like almost hoping that the wind tunnels are coming. I know that it's ways away because like I was looking at some stuff like I wish I could bet like the Jets not to finish last in the AFC East. I don't know why I'm like on this Jets love affair. I think they're gonna have a great draft. Um, There's a couple things I was looking at, too, with like the Colts like behind right now, the behind the Titans. Like I would bet right now if you want to hop on one that I like, I would bet the Colts plus 150 to win the AFC South. I still think. The Colts clearly have a plan and they know they have to win now and they would not have moved on from Carson Wentz without knowing there's going to be a guy there. So if I had to take a wild guess of what's going to happen in this offseason, I think one of Derek Carr or I think the more likely option is that I think Watson ends up in Atlanta and I think they're going to move on from Matt Ryan and they're going to trade Matt Ryan to uh, the Colts. I think Matt Ryan will be a Colt. And, I think I the like third, that. and, and the, even the third option, the third option is Jimmy G. Jimmy G is is fine jimmy g is like people like to make fun of him i think jimmy g could win you 10 11 games of that colts team and they could win the division and i think titans luck will run out i'm not sure if Tannehill is still the guy that derrick henry eventually is gonna have to fall off a cliff so like if i had a block in a futures play right now it would definitely be the colts to win the afc south i like that one that's a fun bet to make right now like we say we reeled off some other qbs that are still out there and they just got gardner Minshew. i, I i'm a curmudgeon where he where he's uh um being discussed i like I, I like him he's a funny guy and it's fun and everything else i don't buy that he's a guy who wins you 12 games in a season i think he's a, a fun guy to throw in there for a week or maybe three or whatever but i think it's diminishing returns the more he gets exposed to nfl defenses i don't think he can keep that uh, keep that going but anyway lots of fun following the news anything since we got going here eddie spaghetti please keep an eye on the jags overspending for everybody as bad teams have to do they happen to have the bank um to do it so i guess good for them to try and be relevant in year two of trevor lawrence remember he was the guy who was definitely surefire can't miss and he missed in his rookie season not to say he can't get right now and they're trying to help him out do that um any other big names getting moved here while we kibitz here I haven't seen anything else that's big, uh, and I will throw this other bet out too, just because we're just talking about them. If this move does happen, you know, by the time we're done recording this, if Watson does become a member of the Browns, if you want to bet the Browns plus three fifty to win the North, that's great. Safe to throw that in there now too, because you look pretty smart in a, in a couple of days if he gets moved. Yeah, and the Colts at plus one fifty to win the South. That's a good bet, even if it is Minshew for the season. The you know the Titans were not world beaters even though they were the number one seed last year i think they can be had i don't think it's worth it to put anything on the bucks right now um packers with longer odds uh, or i'm sorry with shorter odds at uh, minus 220 to win their division um so those are the ones that stand out to us now but lots of fun um in this week of free agency for me it's kind of replaced 
Selection Sunday in college basketball, the start of free agency in pro football has jumped up the ranks for me. I don't know if it's I don't know if I'm willing to say it's ahead of the NFL draft yet, but I don't love the three day NFL draft. I like I I wish it would go back to just the two days and you got more than one round. I don't like the way it's plays for prime time these days, but free agency, man, you get an update every few minutes. It feels like over these last 42 or 72 hours here. Well, having uh, like the things that approach, like obviously baseball coming back, you thought baseball have its time in the sun, like that didn't happen. Obviously, March Madness and the the conference tournaments and Selection Sunday, and that's happening. And like again, that got steamrolled by the NFL. You could even throw in very soon the NHL trade deadlines coming up. Like that, no one's going to care about that because there's going to be NFL signings and potentially trades. I mean, obviously, like whatever Watson does and Jimmy G does, and if Matt Ryan or Derek Carr get moved, that's going to be huge. So like that stuff's still on the horizon. Right now, it's like, you know, the NFL offseasons used to be relatively boring, not a ton of trades, and it's just kind of changed. Not the way of the NBA just yet, but right now, the NFL, NFL is a still 365, 24-7 thing, and in offseason, it's still king, so you can't beat it. But the NFL QBs have learned from heavyweight champions of the 20th century with the retiring, and then, no, I, I, I didn't mean it, I'm coming back thing brett Favre and tom brady and otherwise do that and then they've also learned from lebron and the big three in miami they realize at the player level we should control our destiny more than we have it's peyton manning and brady and so on a lot of guys are recognizing that and making it so uncomfortable and and leveraging all 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 that they have to get to choose where they play and i support that entirely not as much with deshaun watson but still now applying your free will is another matter with aaron judge how say you yankees fan you excited for aaron judge to miss 40 percent of the season because he won't take the shot uh, I mean, well, there's still a chance that they're going to they, they, you know, spokespeople have said they're still communicating with local government officials and they're going to monitor. And if the rates, the death rates and the sickness rates keep declining, they'll potentially move it, I think, maybe to his advantage. And I, also, I'm, I'm not I'm, as a vax boosted person, I'm not advocating for what Aaron Judge is doing. I'm just saying for what the best case scenario for a Yankees fan and for Aaron Judge to play. Um, maybe with all the noise that kind of Kyrie Irving is creating with this whole private sector thing, and uh, m- maybe that kind of started the the ball to get rolling to sign en- to end this because obviously there's a lot of pushback to it. I get it. Yankees are in you know an outdoor stadium. Baseball's played outside pretty much every stadium. So uh, look, I mean. I'm glad the country as a whole is doing a lot better. I think it would have been smarter for Aaron Judge to get it. I was I was telling you off air. I thought like for the Yankees, like you come in here, like they you know shave your beard off and then they give you the shot of the Pfizer and they say, "All right, get on the field." Like I I thought it would have been like a mandated thing for the organization because the Yankees do keep things pretty old school and pretty pretty tight. Uh, they don't let players have a lot of say in what they want to do. But I, I so I'm shocked that Judge didn't get it. I wonder uh, if this is going to be a problem around baseball. Um, you know, I couldn't even process the Gary Sanchez trade because you had to start. Yeah, that was wild too. I want to talk more baseball with Hench when we get him, but yeah, that's a big move for the, for the AL East. It's funny. Cause yeah, the Yankees, they don't let you wear facial hair. So no name on your Jersey in a way you might not be allowed to wear a mask. Maybe they're because they they like you to be clean. They don't want any obstruction to, to the pun them. But yeah, no, I, I think that's, I think that's right. I mean, listen, Aaron judge doesn't care about winning. That's that. Um, I, it, no, I, 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 it is what where it's become a bad look is with Kyrie. 
I mean, the, the, the rules are getting so wonky. It really is hard to to say that this makes any sense at this point. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm vaxxed and everything else. But I mean, it's at, at this. I mean, in March of 2022, Kyrie can get into the buildings as a civilian, but not as a plasma. It's 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 absurd. The funniest thing I saw, uh, and again, I'm I'm with you. Like, yes, like you get the vax booster, but I also think it's okay to say at this time frame is kind of absurd of the rules that are still going on because I think, like I said, as a whole, we're doing much better. And I understand there's people that are obviously compromised and and whatever, and we want everyone to be healthy and safe. But like when you look at the where Kyrie Irving could go, he could be, he could sit anywhere in the entire Barclays Center, but just can't be on the court, can't be in the locker room. And it's like, all right, well, this doesn't really make any sense. I think it's kind of for show. And uh, I, like I said, hopefully in a way that, you know, people seeing how absurd this is, they could have another discussion and say, or maybe we should end this for players who who uh, don't have it or, you know, whatever. So that Judge and Kyrie could play for their respective teams. Yeah, well, that's right. And speaking of masks um, and before we turn it over to you and spaghetti and meatballs uh, for um, some puck talk here, uh, Batman. I went and saw the Batman this weekend. You loved it. And in fact, saw it, seeing saw it twice. All right, that's weird. But uh, you you already saw it twice. How can you see a three with, hour uh, movie two twice in the same week? I went the first night with my dad, and then I Jada didn't see it, so I went back with her last night because we're uh, AMC stub members, so I get to go for free. Oh, yeah, humble brag. Now, um, what was your? Because I feel like this is one of those movies. As soon as the credits rolled, and I was talking to Jean Claude Van Damme for his review, I it occurred to me this is a movie I definitely am going to need to see again before I can fully um f- by the way I, I assume there's a new batman coming out this friday too it's that's about the rate of batman movies in the 21st century but for this one i liked it a lot in i like for batman i don't necessarily love it for 007 or when they go with the gritty reality but for batman it makes all the sense in the world he's he's a human being after all you see he has no magic powers he's not we don't have to like dr strange or superman and talk about origin stories that begin on other planets or any of this jive he's a he's, he's a man like you and me but 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 he's uh, but he's angry about the state of his city and he's doing something about it. And because he's a billionaire, he has the resources. I didn't think um, now the only place it was a little wonky and this doesn't give anything away. The only thing where they get a, where they get away from that is that, oh, by the way, yeah, everything is uh, is just real sort of gritty and reasonable um, what his weapons are and everything else, except for the eye thing, that there's some technology that that batman has that allows him to put a contact lens on his eye and it records everything he sees all the audio as well and uh i thought that was a little strange and didn't really fit the rest of the picture but i liked the riddler a lot he i thought he was great i thought the i I like this version of the riddler how say you yeah i think uh well i also wouldn't be shocked if like the government has some kind of uh eye lens that record i mean google didn't google glass like try to do like or snapchat they made glass they kind of did, did that they? essentially so okay yeah so i don't i don't think it's that far-fetched uh paul dano is riddler is all time uh look look i i love christopher nolan i think christopher nolan's a phenomenal director and, I, and the movies were good but there was a clear shift from batman begins the dark knight where it became the you know batman begins with uh, liam neeson and, and cillian murphy that was a batman movie and then dark knight dark knight rises became christopher nolan action movies that had batman in it and i think it was more of like a thing where it was just the joker and and um dark knight kind of just stole the show and it was all about the joker scenes 
and it didn't really have the feel of Batman. And I'm, I'm not a comic book reader, but I know enough about Batman. I played the games. I watched the show Gotham and I'm, I'm into that. I think he's the coolest superhero because like you said, he's a regular guy. And I think that Matt Reeves version, this movie, the Batman just had like Gotham is what's supposed to be. It was a rainy, dreary, full of criminals. And like, that's awesome. And I, I love the noir thriller style where he had like the voiceovers and he just kind of plays this like emo guy that's still like not over the death of his parents. And he's like, he, he's a recluse and he's keeps isolated even from Alfred from, uh, it seems like a lot of it until, uh, I guess the, the three fourths of the way through, he kind of shifts his focus with, with Alfred and I, I just was enthralled by that. Like, I love that take on it. I love that he wasn't like Bruce Wayne uh, as Christian Bale was like this showman who's out in the town with all the women. Like he's like uh, a guy that just focused on one thing and that's helping the city he lives in. And I could not get enough of that. I thought the Riddler was awesome. I thought Colin Farrell as a penguin was absolutely awesome. And that HBO spinoff show with him is going to be a plus. Um, so I think there's just, there's so many things that were great. I mean, Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. So wait, so, awesome. so, like, so that's so, many good parts. so that's what they're doing. They're spinning off this. That seems like HBO, a gigantic well, so, pain in the pain in the ass. He's going to have to H- get in that makeup every time he's going to, every time he has to shoot something. That's ridiculous. It looks nothing like him. It's insane. How I mean, that, that scene, like, uh, I don't want to give something away, but there's a couple really good scenes where the penguin shines and uh, I think he deserves a, a, a spinoff show. And that's like the rumor. Cause there's no, there's no set in stone, Batman 2 with Robert Pattinson like I know there's the potentially teasers that they may do another movie but right now the only plans I think Matt Reeves the director uh they say because HBO Max has the rights to any DC property so they're going to do a Colin Farrell Penguin spinoff and the other rumor which I would like even better is like Arkham Asylum like the you know the mental ward prisoner yeah so that would be another great spinoff too and I think that would be even like darker and grittier and I would love that so I think there's a lot of it's just it's worth seeing and it's three hours it doesn't feel like three hours i think you need every scene it, it flows really well uh the music choices and the scoring were great i can keep going on and on i mean it's, i do uh, i i do think awesome that movie. i did think the scoring was was uh marvelous on it was that tool something in the way no nirvana so, that's nirvana yeah really? from Nevermind. yeah yeah something in the way that's from that's from Nevermind. It's their, it's that's that song is like now the number one song on like for oh my god ever yeah I wait this is crazy because I've heard Nevermind you know when I was I don't know whatever I was eighteen I I heard that record uh, you know ad nauseum how did I not make that connection I assumed that it was Tool based on the. No. That cello-y sound and it. No, tool isn't. Tool does not use cello. Um, and as somebody who who uh, thinks Nirvana or knows Nirvana rather is the fourth best out of the four major Seattle bands, and something in the way was actually my one of my favorite songs by them. Hmm. And then so hearing that in in the movie, uh, then they use it twice in, in great parts. Uh, it was awesome. I mean, it's going to be on HBO, I think, in a month a month from today. So I, that's going to be like my most watched movie ever because I can't get enough of it. It is funny. It's like. Um the the movie is a detective picture like you say it's, it's a noir it's a detective it's like, picture it's with a superhero like y- kind of yeah right yeah maybe a tick less dark but yeah that's mm-hmm. a that is a pretty good comp yeah dark and um you know rainy the whole picture through yeah i like that that, that works for me all right um what else spaghetti what, what else should we kibitz about or should we just turn it over and let you two talk some puck it's so late in the day as we record here on tuesday and in anticipation of our early record on wednesday to get you right for march madness i'm inclined to 
uh, wrap it up here. I don't think we even have time to get picks that people can act on. Before, well, luckily, uh, we, we, me and Meatballs gave some picks uh, for Wednesday night games uh, for hockey. So oh, we're, we're covered there, too. Yeah. All right. And the other thing we have to do is we have to settle this hash on you thinking Sidney Crosby is the most hated guy in the NHL. I don't even know what that means, but we'll get to that with Hench. I want to get his thoughts on that. I, But all I'll say is this about this. The, the idea that I don't understand that Sidney Crosby is not popular in every town, of course I know that. I've talked with Sidney Crosby about that exactly. When you torment your rivals endlessly, as Crosby has, specifically the Flyers and the Rangers, then of course you hate him. Of course, I, I wouldn't expect you to do anything other than boo him. Of course you don't like him. I, I just think there's a there's players who are good and you hate because they're good, and there are players who are good and you hate because of certain things they do. And I just like me and me bowls do discuss this uh, in oh, our you segment, okay. and, and we and we talk a little bit about like. You know, someone like Connor McDavid is a joy to watch, and obviously the Oilers because he doesn't rivals. scare you. What's he do? What's he do to you? Because he doesn't hurt you. That's because Sidney Crosby has hurt you repeatedly. That's what you don't like. No, but I, I'm 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 not even saying from my. I'm saying as a perspective, as a fan, like yes, like I'm sure Edmonton. There's there's teams that hate Edmonton, and I know like you know Calgary. Like there's teams that they have rivals, and I'm sure those fans hate. Connor gave because of the sweater he wears, but I'm saying in terms of his style of play, and I think even amongst the league, like I think guys in the league who are competing against him are like, wow, it is a joy to watch this man skate and score goals and do the things he does. And I think sometimes with Sid, even back years and years and years ago, remember we used to fight like Brandon Dubinsky and the yes. like they were just guys are in the league who just like they, I don't think the level of respect is there. I think it's because of the way he plays, the way he winds to refs, the way he uses his stick, and then just kind of gets under their skin, which is to his credit it works and obviously he's he's very successful and we give don't worry we give sid plenty of credit for all, all right the well listen and awards and rings and the stuff he's won but i just think that his style of play doesn't sit well with the the general fan base and i think guys are in the league i think if we did a not i would love to do an anonymous poll and then just be like who's the most hated the best player who's the most hated i would not be shocked if he's up there i'm uh, sure there's guys that are probably more but i think he's up there oh to please I, do you think more guys like alex ovechkin with his filth with his leaving his skates launching himself you think ovechkin's they like that better ovechkin's a tough one because he does leave it yeah he does launch himself and uh and, and he is lazy at certain points like he'll you know defensively he won't play defense and then out of nowhere he'll fly into a guy and hit him in the head like i agree with you on that too but ovechkin has this kind of boyish fun quality that he loves the game he'll play until he's 48 years old because he loves scoring goals and like i kind of like that but i i don't love ovechkin but i i could appreciate that and i'm sure he's hated too but I he's think, gritty like, but let me say this to you here's what i think about it when you're face of the league that comes with some baggage people are gonna not like you crosby when the cameras are on he toes the line real good like tom brady he never says anything within 100 yards of controversy and people there's some percentage of people who aren't going to like him for that reason tom brady gets booed everywhere he goes too i mean like he's as clean and likable as anybody is you people are going to say oh he's a cry baby he's always looking for flags he's always working the refs uh, he always gets his way you know i mean this is the way tom brady is described in by pro football fans is how hockey fans that's I mean, just the way it is it's the nature of being the longtime best at a sport People are going to resent you for for dominating their team and for reigning too long. People don't like dynasties. I I agree with that. I mean, they get tired of seeing him win, and especially across America after beating uh, Team Canada, beating America for the gold like that that stings. But I, I still think it has more to do with this his 
like obviously being the number one pick comes a lot of a lot of pressure. And then the way he played, like early in his career, even players, people showing up in the stands with like, you know, the the scuba gear on because he dies. And I don't like you don't see that. You don't get that. I don't think McDavid has that. I don't think Austin Matthews has that. I don't think like the two time or back to back champions. Uh, Lightning. I don't think you see Kucherov or Stamkos get the kind of thing. I think because you know, well, guys I like mean, all right, Fox before, and McCarr winning. Like I'm, I'm talking about not. I know he because he won, but I'm saying these superstar players. Like I don't think they're. I think you're just like wow. I love the game. They're great players. It's a, it's a, it's a great thing to see them. But I, I think Crosby kind of brings this thing where you're like, ah, I don't. He rubs me the kind of the wrong way. And I think that it's, it's clear. It's evident. I think it's evident. People get tired of the same story and then they get resentful. Patrick Mahomes is dealing with that too in pro football now. Look at how the worm kind of turned on him in the last year. People don't like enduring success. They want to put you at the top and then they want to knock you off. And then after that, maybe they will indulge your comeback and and. Uh, showing that you you got some uh, gumption to to rally back from that stuff. So anyway, we'll we'll deal with more of that. But I mean, Connor McDavid's never hurt anybody. Yeah, he's a, it's cute. It's fun. He's he's empty calories at this point. He may not even be in the playoffs this season. So of course he hasn't caused you any sorrow. Justin Herbert right now is much more likable than Patrick Mahomes, right? But we don't know it. We because Patrick. Oh, Justin I think Herbert's Mahomes is Mahomes got kind of ruined because of his brother and his uh, his now wife. I think that's not really. I'm not sure about how much is on him. And like also to defend my stance, like it's not like I'm like I have no problem with Geno Malkin. I have no problem with when Flurry was the goaltender. Like it's just I think it's just certain things that Crosby has done that is right. It's I not. Know, it's it, obviously it's all the Metro. It's there's fans everywhere. Bruins fans. It's the Kings fans. I know it's plenty, Blue Jackets fans. Uh, it, you know, like. It is Patrick DeVille. Don't you see? Don't you see that that's what it's about? Hockey brings out the hate in fans like no other sport does. I hate everybody in the Patrick division that isn't on the Penguins, and I always will. I always have, and I always will. That's the way it is. And by the way, Scott Stevens, guy like that, he was a superstar. He was, he was infinitely more loathsome. Shame the devil that Sidney Crosby wouldn't take crap from somebody and and not retaliate. That's that's what Crosby's crime is. When he people don't like that when somebody puts a back uh, puts a stick a two-handed uh, shot into his lower back that he returns the favor. People don't like that. How dare he do that? Cuz they I don't know if they got used to watching pretty boy Gretzky defer to Marty McSorley or or to what that's owed. But yeah, he's just a take no crap guy who seems smallish and like a pretty boy, but then when when you start mixing with him, he mixes back and people don't like that in in other arenas, especially when the game ends with Sidney Crosby scoring a pivotal goal for the Penguins to win. That's, that's that's the way it goes. Anyway, you know what? I, I do like this conversation. I just want to do more of it, and we'll do it with Kevin Hench. But for right now, let's get ready for spaghetti and meatballs. After I remind you once again, you need to start your bracket with a bang. All you have to do, you bet $5, and you can get $150 through FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a $150 instant bonus guaranteed. You heard me right. All you have to do Get $150 in bonus site credit. Is a, This is the way you do it. You just place your first bet of $5 and make sure you use that promo code minus three, the word minus, the number three. How you bet your bracket is up to you. You can choose from the money line, totals, prop bets, so much more. I like Kentucky because I think it's a coaches tournament. I think it's um, as brother Bry. Oh no, no, no! It was Darren who pointed out that what you that look at the teams with vet guards. I like coaching. I like vet guard play. 
um, in the tournament. And and so I like Kentucky, but you could talk me into Arizona or Gonzaga as well. Um, Like I say, UK is my choice there. Whatever you want to do, you can uh, take your chance and turn your site credit into cash. Plus, with cash out, the ball's in your court, so you can close out your bet whenever you want before the game is over. Join Minus 3 today, again, using the promo code MINUS3. Then you can place your $5 bet to score $150 in bonus site credit. Guaranteed promo code MINUS3 on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. And now a quick break. And now, with no further ado, two jealous guys, because they root for Patrick Division teams who don't have Sidney Crosby on them. It's spaghetti and meatballs! Folks, we're back. Finally, Spaghetti and Meatballs here recording on the Tuesday morning. And uh, Meatballs, it's good to be back with you. And I want to hear you you went uh, to a few Islanders games on the West Coast uh, to the Honda Center, the Duck Pond, and to the now Crypto.com Arena. Uh, we have not heard about these trips to your Isles play. So please uh, let us know what, what, what was your review of those games. Well, uh, they got the shit kicked out of them against uh, <laughs> Los Angeles, the Kings. So uh, not a great experience. Um, the seats were good. Seats were very good. Uh, shout out to Sal for that. We went with him. Um, his son got a puck. So I guess really? that is the coolest part of the game. Yeah. A, pre, um, a pregame puck or was it like a deflection over the over No, the one of the, uh, the guy who's in control of the pucks, you know, after they score and stuff, collects them. He tossed one over the boards for him. Very uh, cool at uh, intermission. So that was, that was the highlight of the game. I think the crypto, uh, it's not my favorite arena. So, well, I was going to get to that. Yeah. I was going to get to that. You you told me that, that you liked uh, where the ducks play the Honda center in Anaheim across the street from, I guess, Disneyland and where the angels play. You like that Mm -hmm. arena better than, uh, than crypto. And and I'm kind of with you in the sense that, crypto doesn't do or staple you know it doesn't do much for me but i i understand the appeal for you know it's it was built for the the lakers and it has all the luxury boxes and it has um you know pretty good concessions inside and then what they've done outside like the la live area in downtown has definitely been improved and has improved that area and to me it's like comparing it to the honda center in the middle of like a the i5 or whatever we are the 405 in orange county in like the middle of a parking lot like that to me is like a minor league almost college arena and you came in saying that you like that arena more that was a, that was it's a shock better. to me it's it's nice and simple it was easy to get to and there's you know a, a good stadium with with good fans it doesn't need all the outside attraction and stuff like that that's why we're calling ducks you know, fans college, good fans no i'm just saying like uh you know the better stadiums like the coliseum or or ubs for that matter they like the islanders mm-hmm. do the fans bring all the energy. You don't need, um, I agree. You know, thousand things on the the jumbotron telling you to do whatever. So crypto, thumbs down. Wow. Uh, Honda Center gets. I'll give it a thumbs up. Okay. Uh, well, before we piss off any more Southern California hockey fans here, let's just uh, let's transition to something else. But I'm glad you had a good time, uh, even in a, in a loss. And they they went one and one in your viewing. Same with me and my Rangers went to Ducks and and, and uh, Kings game. They went one and one there. But uh, let's move over to this this Heritage Classic that happened Sunday. First of all, like 
the the promotion and we and me and you yeah. have been me and you have been very pro NHL and everything they've done lately. We've 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 talked how great it is that they're on TNT. We love all the announcers. We love like the ESPN Plus package and how it feels like it, the game matters again. Like we have been really drinking the tea uh, of of the, the NHL here. But I, I I feel and maybe you could say if I'm wrong in this one, but I feel like this Heritage Classic game, especially having a superstar in Austin Matthews playing this game, one of the biggest franchises in sports, Toronto Maple Leafs. But there was zero like there was zero publicity yes. for this game and. I also feel like it kind of takes away from the winter classic. Now I'm not saying you can't do multiple outdoor games, but especially this close together, I, I feel like maybe they should do one winter classic in America and then one in Canada. And like, that's it. And I, I just feel like this game, I don't know, a, a having multiple outdoor games a year. And like this, the, with the lack of publicity from this one, I just, I thought it, I, I thought it was a little, it was strange. And, and usually the NHL has gotten a lot better at this. And this one, I felt like it had no juice to it. Yeah, it was, that was my big complaint too. Um, I knew Toronto and Buffalo were, uh, they were playing. Sure. Uh, Cause I have some fantasy guys mm -hmm. uh, going in that game, but I had no idea it was outdoors. I had yeah. no idea it was that type of game. I literally had no, I had zero idea, and I followed the NHL closely. So yeah, you do. I you literally do. had zero idea that this was an outdoor game. Um, the reason I knew was because of the uniforms. I think the people were making fun of the Leafs ones. It didn't have like an L on it, or it was like maybe that's the spit and chicklets guys are making fun of something with it. And I, that's the only reason why I saw that. And I knew the Sabres had pretty nice uniforms too. And I should mention also Matthews cross check. Uh, I believe he had uh, Rasmus Dahlin in the neck. Mm -hmm. uh, he's getting two games for that. Uh, I don't think there's really much debate there. He probably should be suspended. He's the believe right now leading goal scorer in the NHL. But yeah, I mean that game. And first of all, why is it the Heritage Class? What is the Heritage? classic me what is that what does that yeah. even entail why is, why even this game was planned you know probably more than a year in advance but why is why is buffalo getting all these games like who who wanted to see I, they think eichel was going to be available still then we'll get I into know, eichel in yeah. a second but the, this like i get toronto sure i understand that but why is buffalo getting this game i get the toronto buffalo rivalry thing and i know like oh they're going to lose the bills in to toronto too it's like you know but it, you can't you can't have buffalo in a game like that that matters you can't market. I them. I agree, and it's weird because Buffalo won too. I, they did. They crushed him. Was it five two? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, in, in, a, in a game too, where you have uh, Austin Matthews getting frustrated, cross checking people in the neck, uh, they can't win that game. The Heritage Classic. But I mean, uh, I mean, so would you, how do you feel about the amount of outdoor games? Do you think it should be a thing every, like once a month? Should it be a once one time only for U.S.? Uh, it should be U.S. and Canada gets a game. Like, what is what is your best? Um, it should, should the game have, should it be like a, a, a not rivalry games only? Like what is your best plan for these outdoor games they have? I, I do. Uh, originally I thought maybe, Oh, you know, certain amount of teams should get, uh, maybe a rivalry game outdoor every year. But mm -hmm. I'd say I kind of like your, your Canada and, uh, us one, uh, idea. Mm -hmm. So maybe each year. Uh, you know, you give a U.S. rivalry game and then a Canada rivalry game outdoors. Uh, like, I'd love to see Isles Rangers. I went to uh, when they were outdoor uh, a few years ago, and that was awesome, other than it being like zero degrees out. Sure. So, you know, I'd say, you know, uh, two a year, one one in Canada, one in the U.S. I think that works for me. Okay, so I'm glad you like my idea. That, and, and the thing is, too, is like I – Obviously, it, the game has a better feel if it's in an iconic venue. If they do a game at Wrigley, I know they did one in the Big House in Michigan. But uh, I'm also for 
other markets getting an outdoor game. I know it's tougher in the in the warmer climates, but like I'm not even saying don't give anything in Southern California. Don't give the you know San Jose can't get. We're like no, I'm all for that. But like if you're mm-hmm. going to do that, make it a, a rivalry game, or if you don't want to do a rivalry game, put a team, a good team in it, or have, that has a marketable player, so you don't run into this issue that they did with with Toronto and, and, and Buffalo. Um, but anyway, I, I mentioned that we're going to get into Jack Eichel in a second. I want to see your opinion on this when he returned to Buffalo. Um, and he basically said that that was the last like, he's ever heard the crowd. You know, people are booing him. He's like, I've been here for seven years and they haven't got into it until I left. Um, I am biased. I love Jack Eichel uh, as a BU guy. And I, I like that he's like showing, you know, the, this fire, this energy, this passion that he is kind of pissed off. And he's clearly bothered by their reaction to him leaving there. And I don't blame Jack for being upset. Buffalo did not put the team around him that they were supposed to, and nothing ever worked out. And I don't blame a guy who wants to continue his career and not have it, you know, be wasted kind of like uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in Edmonton, but he wants to go on and he wants to win. And I like that instead of a guy that wants to sit in a city, just get paid, go through the motions and be useless. What is your take on this Eichel uh, yelling back at the uh, the Buffalo Sabres fans? Uh, I think it's kind of funny, and I think it's you know it's good for the sport. Um, I agree with that, but I know I've kind of the whole you know Jack Eichel forcing his way out of Buffalo thing. I still you know I don't believe his injury was ever as bad as it was proven to be. Um, I know he wanted out, but I, I think he should have just went forward with just keep kept saying I wanted out rather than uh, going on with this injury stuff and not playing. And I think he should have just played, you know, I, I don't, the Buffalo fans don't respect him. That's why it happened. The, so. the, the injury thing was strange. Uh, and it is weird that like the, you know, the Pagula family was like, do what you want to go check on your own neck. Like very strange. Like you have team doctor. I, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. But and I'm not saying I want the NHL to become the NBA where players could force their way out well, and it yeah, won't I, and it yeah. won't become that. Mm-hmm. But I do respect the, the you know and I think this is going to happen soon with Edmonton and Connor McDavid where they're you know they were in the same draft I believe uh, Eichel went two and McDavid went one where it's like you know if a guy like do you respect a player who's like oh, I'm good I'm going to stay in Buffalo I'm going to score you know 70 80 90 points a year and I'm just going to not win games and we're going I'm going to waste away here and then all of a sudden I'm going to be you know 33 34 and getting traded maybe for a contender like I like that he's in you know entering the prime of his career he's a young guy he's mid 20s and he's like I want to move on I want to go somewhere I want to win uh and I don't it's not him to blame I mean he he you know went healthy as a, a great player and if the team the same exact things going on in Edmonton. They're not putting the pieces around you. It's like, well, sooner rather than later, you have to get moved and you want to go and, and compete and, and, and to lift the Stanley Cup. So, like, I understand it from that perspective. And I think we're going to see this, uh, you know, it's not going to happen as frequently, like I said, as the NBA, but I think it's going to happen, I think, in Edmonton very soon, the, this Eichel 2.0 thing that maybe not with uh, an injury, but, mm-hmm. like, I, Look, I, I think that he had the right to move on. So, I mean, and then the fans have the right to boo. The fans have the right to boo. But I, I, I don't I don't necessarily know what the fans are angry at because it's like he gave you the seven years and you guys didn't really amount to anything. Yeah, I think they, you know, I, I think it's part of it's, uh, it comes with the fan. I, I, you know, I think they were probably, it's hard, it's hard to say because I think they were probably expecting more in a weird way from him. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's like, you know, Oilers fans expect, 
McDavid just to carry them through the playoffs and stuff. When you have that big of a name, it's kind of your expectations are so high. And then when you're not good, like the Sabres were, that's kind of, I think, where the, the disconnect between the and, fans and the team is. And the, But that's like, if they need an, if these Sabres fans need an example of like, what more can you do? It's like, literally, just look at Edmonton. Because like, what else could McTavid do? Right. It's the same exact thing as Eichel. It's like, it's a team sport. Hockey is a very different than these other sports. Like, you're not going to, like, the reason why Tampa wins back-to-back, like, yeah, they have a lot of high-end uh, ta- uh, forward talent, but they have the best goaltender. They have a headman and a great defensive crew. They could they could rotate four lines because they have deep. It's like, it's just so much more than, like, one player mm-hmm. superstar level. Um, and we may see that, unfortunately, with Toronto. If Toronto doesn't do anything in the playoffs soon. Like, they, ha- you know, having like Austin Matthews, like, it's going to be a lot of pressure on him, too. So it's just one of those things where they that you have to be a smarter sports fan to understand why just having one elite level guy is not going to help you out right. uh, in, in it if they build the team. But um, speaking of elite level talent, Gabriel Lanisjog, knee surgery, no timetable yet. I believe he had the surgery yesterday. Um, assuming all things went well for him. Does that change your, your mind at all? The, the avalanche right now, plus 400 to win the Stanley cup. Uh, a lot of people are still very high in the avalanche, but he's leading them in goals. Like does this make you feel a little, you know, you a little worried now about Colorado, going forward without uh, their captain. No, I think he'll be back for the playoffs, right? Uh, they, I mean, they said right now there's no timetable, but they said they're hopeful that he would be back sometime uh, before the regular season uh, ends. So, yeah, you could be yeah. right. But obviously, you know, we're taking a surgery. Who knows if there's any complications? And then who knows if the team slides a bit without their captain, but uh, if they maybe change their seating, who knows? But so you're, you're still confident as ever uh, in, the, in the avalanche. Yeah, I, I, um, I have him fantasy. So that kind of it's hurting me a little bit, um, but I, I still think they're okay. I don't think they should be. They should I don't be okay. Think be too but big of a problem, right? But it's just never good to lose your captain or lose a guy no. leading in goals. Um, speaking of someone else who's leading the team and uh, well, in points and assists, Joel Pavelski, thirty-seven years old, by the way. It's it's crazy how it, the time just flies. But he was a guy that you know, if you're in the hunt uh, for picking up guys, the trade deadline, the Rangers definitely involved in that. A few other teams. Uh, the stars because they've been playing well and he's been playing very well. They extend him for a year, kind of takes him out of the trade uh, market. There's just no way they move him now, right? And you think this is a good move on their part to kind of keep uh, keep extending him? He was on there for three years already. Yeah, they're they're on the uh, I think they're on the edge of the playoffs right now. Them, mm-hmm. uh, Nashville, um, and I maybe you know them, Nashville, and St. Louis. I think are all. Uh, I think St. Louis is a little bit more ahead, but them and Nashville are kind of battling for those last spots yeah um, in that conference so i think that just shows you that they're in um nashville's playing well right now so they gotta you know keep uh keep you know keep in touch with uh where they are and i know hudobin's out right now so holpe should be the backup and i if i don't think he's gonna get traded so i think they gotta they figure out we gotta kind of go um all in for this playoff run for this that- yeah, that that's central right now. Like you were saying, like the Blues at seventy six points, Wild seventy two, Preds at seventy two, Stars at sixty seven points, and they, even the Jets at sixty four points. A lot of teams just right and mushed together there. Obviously, below the Avs at eighty nine points, and there's a big gap between the the Jets and the Blackhawks at, at fifty two points. But I'm kind of with you. Like as much as it pains me to say, like you know, the Rangers probably won't go after him now and get him. If you're at Dallas, like, you pretty much had to keep him. I mean, the guy's leading in points, yeah. and you're right there in the, for the, the in the playoff hunt. There's no reason not to keep him. Um, and we're going to get to our, our our best bets 
in a second, but I wanted to round out with uh, something funny, I guess, because we made our comments on, I believe it was against all odds, uh, talking about the, the booing and uh, how Ben Simmons, his return to Philadelphia could be the biggest boo in the history of, you know, sports booing. And uh, the players that we said that we would boo, we mean you both agree, would be Sidney Crosby. Also throw in Jose Altuve. Um, and I'm sure there's a few other people that you'd probably throw in there as well, but and then Dave hears about this and gives us a lot of crap and it's made its way to Twitter now about us booing Sidney Crosby. And it's like, why are we wrong for saying number one, it's like players get booed, uh, mm-hmm. especially superstars. And he's a Canadian player who beat the U S. So another reason to boo him. And we're also playing in the same division. You're uh, I'm a Rangers fan. You're an Islanders fan. He plays the Pittsburgh Penguins. Another reason to boo him. And he's a guy that kind of has a little, you know, notoriety for whining to the refs and being kind of a cheap, dirty player. And I'm not just saying this from my perspective. I know Blue Jackets fans have said this. I know Devils fans have said this. I know Bruins fans have said this. I know Kings fans out here that have said, like there's other fan bases that have a problem with Crosby. And basically, what I'm telling you, Meatballs, is like just defend us. Like we're allowed to say this, right? Like he he is a good guy to boo and not to be a fan of, uh, of, of his play. Yeah. I, I actually, when I typed that in the chat for uh, AAO, I was actually signaling for, for Parlay kid. Cause Parlay kid used to get on Sidney Crosby um, years ago when the Islanders were bad, we would get, we would have seats that were close to the boards. And uh, whenever they play Pittsburgh, uh, Parlay kid would always be yelling at Crosby, calling him a baby, uh, right, right up against the boards. So, but I do agree. He is, and obviously he's very good. One of the greatest players of all time. Totally. Sure. Without yeah. a doubt. It's yeah. not, uh, not up for debate. No, it never was up for debate. He's great. I'm not, I'm not denying, we're not denying his greatness. We just like, we want to boom because he does things that rub us the wrong way. Like yeah, some people don't I, like Ovechkin you play and you just know, like, you know, Crosby's going to get, X amount of calls per game or things are going to go their way. And on top of how good he is, it's, it's an unfair advantage. And and my point was like, there's plenty of good teams that win that you don't, you don't hate the player. Do you hate Steven Samko's? Like, I don't think so. Do you hate Austin Matthews? Some some people may, but generally speaking, he's not really hated. Connor McDavid, not really hated. Like you can keep going on all these top end players. Like they're just guys. You're not, I don't think anyone hates uh, Nate McKinnon or Atlanta Scott. We were just talking about those guys or uh, I don't think uh, Kel McCarr, Adam Fox are hated. I don't think like, it's just, there's these elite level players that, you know, that you don't have an ax to grind with. And he somehow brings it out because of his style of play. And again, I'm not denying his greatness. I know he's won tons of medals and cups and awards. Like, yes, he's one of the greatest of all time, but it's okay. It's, it's just like, it's not an attack on, on the, the, the fan base and, and the, and the organization. It's just a player that we want to boot. It's as simple as that. Exactly. And, any, and anyway, I know we're busy people. So we'll round out with the, the, the picks here. And we have our, our Rangers Islanders game, uh, Thursday round two, uh, I'm assuming you're going to pick your your aisles at the garden, yes. right? Of course yeah. you are. Uh, depending on who, right now. Well, depending on who's starting goal, goalie for us on Thursday, uh, that that may change. If Jordy, if Gorgiev is starting, I, I might go with your aisles. But um, for the Wednesday games here, uh, Columbus, Ottawa. You like uh, Columbus or Ottawa? I'm going to side with Columbus here. Uh, I like Columbus. Okay, Boston, Minnesota. I'm siding with Boston on the road, probably getting the goal and a half. What do you like here? I like Minnesota. Okay. Jersey, Calgary. I feel like Calgary at home is the play here. You like them too? Yeah, minus one and a half. Okay. And then uh, running this out, Lightning uh, visiting the Kraken. They're in Seattle. I mean, I like the Lightning here. Yeah, give me Lightning minus one and a half. All right. Well, if those you can are, find us two, minus two and a half alternate line, take that too. Wow. All right. Well, there we go. Those are our, our best bets there. Fando.com slash minus three. Uh, big matchup Thursday. 
Rangers, Islanders. Um, this is a bit of a long one. We haven't been here in a while, so but uh, we'll sure we'll see you next week. Trade deadline's coming closer. Playoff time's coming closer. It's a fun time to watch uh, playoff hockey and uh, NHL. Please take our our advice on uh, how to do a better job of the outdoor games, but we'll see you next week. All right, good stuff, Eddie Spaghetti. Give a shout-out to your friend Mikey Meatballs. We'll be kibitzing on extra points um, in a matter of hours there. Make sure you're checking out Against All Odds, Megan Funna's Sports, Lemon Pepper Parlay, uh, Covered in Glory. Did I get them all, Spaghetti? I hope so. And, of course, make sure you sign up for the Tourney Challenge. Go to ExtraPoints.com. Find the tab there in the arcade. Get in there. You can win $1,000. That's a good reason to do it. Free sign-up, $1,000, and the EP loser will have to do the cap of consequences. So it's going to be another fun March Madness for us. Right. Civilians don't have to do that. But uh, but we, the staff, whoever comes in last place, has to get into the cap of consequences. I am not living in, in uh, my fears. Is that what it's called? I woke up feeling dangerous. I don't know. Good luck, Bake. Good luck, everybody, in free agency. And with your attorney picks, we'll talk to you in literally about 24 hours with Kevin Hench. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>